Happy New Year. Welcome to another episode of Homegrown the Series. I'm your host, Emmanuel Davis. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with teacher, author, entrepreneur, and owner, Eric Rico Nance. Eric, welcome to Homegrown the Series. Homegrown. I love the name, man. It's, it's dope. I hope you Thank trademark it. I love it. I, I'm working on it. It's pending right now. Uh, I'm, proud I'm happy to be here, honestly. Thank you, thank you. Speaking of things that are good, as Chicagoans, we take pride in our mild sauce. Mm-hmm. I, my favorite spot was on 76 and Cottage, a place, a place called Barbaran's. It closed maybe like a decade ago, and I've been on a hunt for my favorite mild sauce. I stumbled upon Mickey's, and I see Rico's mild, and I was like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. So I tried it, and I'm going to say, brother, it's nothing wrong with it. It's perfect. It's not close. That's my go-to mild sauce. Whenever I order the salmon burger, dip it in there. Fries, oh, yeah. swim yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing is that it's so crazy because I was going to just do a traditional mild sauce that everybody likes. You know what I mean? The, the Harold's type mild sauce. Mm-hmm. And then, then, like, literally, I'm with uh, one of my chefs, and I start making our barbecue sauce, right? I wasn't quite there yet. And I was like, I stopped. And then the chef was like, he said, no, 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 no. Rico, taste, taste this. Yeah. I'm not doing that yet. No, 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 Stop. What's this? I said, man, hold on. Oh, this is good. He said, man, that's Rico mouth sauce right there. I Absolutely. said, man, you're right. I said, that's crazy. And uh, so big ups to Justin. He, uh, he coined it, the Rico's mouth sauce. And like I say, we've been, I mean, we've sold probably, you know, 4 million items with the Rico mouth sauce on it to date. Probably, I'm sorry, I'm short-changed, probably about 8 million uh, right. items at this, at this point in time. And uh, it's just a real blessing to uh, have uh, our own home for our own place of mouth sauce in a city that is known for great mouth sauce. Correct. And we have, uh, you know, one of the top ones that's in the city. So I'm very, very thankful. When are you going to start bottling that stuff up by the gallon? So that know, it's I- funny that you think that we, uh, I'm, in a, I'm in a deal right now that we are bottling it up and there'll be in all the grocery stores throughout Chicago and then there'll be in all the grocery stores throughout the world and all of our stores as well. So um, and you'll be able to order from our websites. Yeah, Rico Mouth Sauce is definitely coming home to a city near you, uh, to a, actually to a home near you, a kitchen. Yeah, so. yeah Sweet Baby Ray's can get out of here. Oh yeah, now when you're dealing with like sweet baby rays is my thing. So I ain't gonna lie, I I never like sweet baby, you the junk. Because yeah. when, when it was when it was only open pit <laughs> and bullseye, mm-hmm. sweet baby saved me in college. Yeah. One year somebody bought me a bottle of sweet baby rays for my birthday. <laughs> so yeah. I've been into sauces for a long time. Sweet baby is you right here. Rico's mouth sauce, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you right next. I'm gonna, I'm I'm messing with you. The same way that they are around the world, we'll be around the world the same way. I mean, we really created a phenomenal sauce. Yes, you um, did. Really, really good. And it really goes good with burgers, wings, and fries, and it's just really good. Everything. We also got a house seasoning that's really good. We use it in all of our restaurants, um, you know, for many, many items. And it's a combination of our smoked paprika, seasoned salt, uh, our uh, garlic, our granulated garlic, and our crushed black pepper. Okay. And it's really, really good. So, well, we're gonna we're gonna touch on people that know you will attach you with the Soul Shack, with Lighthouse, with the Mickey's locations. But I want to talk about the other side, 
what made those businesses successful. I want to talk about your upbringing. You mentioned that your grandfather used to ride you around South Shore and you would see his multi-unit apartments. So oh, was, yeah, good job. Good, good research. <laughs> Thank you. But yes, that's true. Yes. Did, was you always talk about vision and making that plain. Was that someone who saw the vision, who saw your potential? And did he set yes. the blueprint for that? Yes, my, my grandfather is so crazy because my grandfather was known throughout my family as just being mean. I don't like I don't know that side of my grandfather. Mm-hmm. I'm his right hand man. I don't I don't know nothing about him being mean. Of course, he's a businessman. You got a lot of business, you taking care of a lot of stuff. The man used to pick me up, drive me around the south side and say, I own that, mm-hmm. I own that, I own that. And I'm just looking like, man, grandpa, you own all this stuff? Oh yeah, he going in there, collecting money, bankrolls full of money, jumping in a new Cadillac, riding around, sitting me at this lady house, picking me back up. And when he was on his deathbed, he brought me into the hospital, said, I need to see you, I need to talk to you. He says, Rico, I'm leaving you everything I have. He says, you're not the smartest in the world, but you're the smartest in our family. Now I told him, I said, grandpa, that's not true. We have a lot of smart people in our family, but mm-hmm. I think entrepreneur-wise, he knew that something was in me that was different. Um, and he knew that what I can, what I was able to do was able to set my family free. Um, and so he says, I'm leaving you every dollar I have. He gave me full instructions. He says, turn the buildings that I showed you, all my buildings that I have, turn them into condominiums. Mm-hmm. Then he says, go to Bronzeville and buy up everything you can possibly buy in Bronzeville and sit on it and you'll know what to do when the time is right. I said, granddad, you know, and he got seven brothers and sisters. I mean, he got seven children. Oh, it's a lot of them, at least five or seven. That's a lot. So I said, you think this is a good idea? I don't think so. You about to yeah. leave me with a couple million dollars and this is mm-hmm. about to be a problem and I'm still a kid. Mm-hmm. And, um, so he ended up dying. By the time I got downstairs, I had to come back upstairs because they pronounced him dead. So by the time I got to my car, I had to go back upstairs. And, um, you know, I didn't end up getting the inheritance and the things like that. I wish I did. It would have uh, done better with my family. But he, um, he believed in me. He knew that there was something in me that I didn't even know that was in myself. I didn't know. Um, so of course I didn't get anything from not even one penny from my grandfather, which was okay. I didn't need it, obviously. Um, and so my journey started, you know, uh, years and years and years after that. But I've taken that same mindset, and and I started to say, you know what? I need to people to see me, and I'm very private about what I do and what I have and what I've been able to create. Mm-hmm. I don't really talk on mediums like this much. I get invited a lot. Uh, I don't show stuff you won't see me in the cars that i have i don't drive them you don't see me with jewelry really see me with it you don't know where i live at you know i don't really like it's not nothing for me to show off i'm not proud of any of that but one thing i'm telling you is the reason why i even speak to any degree is because people need to see that it's possible yeah that 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 creating allowing god to use you to create things is possible. If I didn't see the vision of my grandfather, if I didn't see the vision of another man named Bob, if I wasn't able to see that, I wouldn't have known nothing else. Uh, Like literally when I hit 
rock bottom almost. And I got a baby on the way and I'm 30 years old and Hollywood is taking some of my best work. Uh, and then we had a, a 32 city play that just got abruptly stopped out of the blue um, that I did, that I was uh, responsible for. I didn't know what to do. And I said, you know what, my granddaddy did real estate. Let me start there. I, mm -hmm. but, but I can't imagine what would have been next for me if I didn't create, if I didn't see a vision to say, I could be successful doing that. Yeah. And we as black people need real alternative options to say, I could be successful doing that. That's outside of uh, illegal things. Yeah. Um, I don't knock anybody for doing anything illegal because I know that they are very, very, the vision of the people is meant for you to do illegal stuff. If I'm mm -hmm. going to just allow a drug dealer to be in your community, what else do you want to be other than a drug dealer? If you see daddy slaving, see the mom and them on, on drugs, but a drug dealer driving around and seems happy. Who you, by osmosis, I'm going to want to be a drug dealer. Right. Um, you know, we don't know people from the hood that really made it in basketball for real, for real, even though we all want to do it and do this, but it's rare that we see a Derrick Rose or it's rare mm -hmm. that we see something like that in real life. So yeah. the most tangible things in the hood are drug dealers and, and scammers at this point in time. I don't knock nobody for it, but I just want to be put in the equation and say, no, there's other ways to uh, make it in this world. And uh, so vision is very important. And I really thank my grandfather for that. Absolutely. And thank you for uh, speaking with me. You hit it on the head. You're elusive. Like we see the stuff on Instagram, but it's only the surface stuff. And that's why I felt, I know that this conversation was needed because it's not people that look like you and I that see many options. Yeah. You see the stuff on TV, they paint us as this. If, if, if you're from Chicago, you're this, you have this element. So I thank people like you, I think people like Chance who are actually showing, hey, I'm from Chicago, I have faith, I'm married, I'm doing all these things that people may consider corny or didn't see when they were growing up but you're actually a man of faith. You're actually a man of the word, a man of the people. When I, when I, one thing that I did, I remember, I remember a few different things that occurred to me early in life. Um, one, I was young, probably about 10 to 12 years old. And I remember I was in a bed and we, I didn't have a, the beds that we had to sleep on were like, um, just the covers of the bed. We didn't have mm -hmm. like box springs or nothing like that. So I remember rolling out the bed and I looked into the closet and I saw three men standing in the closet. <laughs> I know this sounds utterly ridiculous. I don't think I probably ever said this before. But like, I knew that it was like, I knew that it was God. I knew who it was. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't scared because I knew who it was. And I'm at this point in time, I'm not even dreaming. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm like this, you know, how like if I'm seeing something, you're like, man, hold on, checking myself. I'm like, yeah, it ain't cool. I'm <laughs> peeing on myself. Like, do I need to wake up? Mm -hmm. And and God looked at me and he, and he grabbed and he, and he grabbed me. And he looked at me and he said, I can use you. Yeah. The guy next to him said, you sure? He says, yeah, I can use him. And then they left. And like, literally, I, I, I stayed up. I didn't go back to sleep. I was... I was shocked, you know what I mean? I wasn't scared, it was, I was like, man. So I always kept that in my mind, like, man, God can use me, you know what I mean? So yeah. uh, when I'm making a plan to have sex with every <laughs> senior in school, because I had a 
playing when I was in college. <laughs> I said, man, the AKs, they cold. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I know they ain't gonna let me have sex with all of them. Let me just start with this one, then go down to this one, then do it. Like, you know. Your, your sniper like, list. My other guys, he's moving pounds from his college. And I'm like, hey, people need weed here. Let mm-hmm. me start moving pounds up here. I'm a football star. I ain't got no money, ain't no care packages coming my way. I'm trying to figure out life. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm broke and now I'm away from home and ain't mama ain't sending me a penny. Trust mm-hmm. me. Um, at this point in time, my daddy was on drugs, heavy, uh, and and my family was in need. And I'm thinking I'm about to go one route. Mm-hmm. I'm about to make it to the league, but in the midst of it, I'm about to move these pounds up here and I'm about to cut hair and sell a bottle of water because I was new. I'm about to do something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what happened is I go to church. I'm following my friend Roy, who just got married the other day, and that was like my girl. That was like my 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 girl, like friend, like that's my homie, homie, homie. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was just a real wonderful woman, and she still is to this day. And she kept saying, "Come to the church with me." And I kept saying, "You know, my daddy was always in the church, but uh, you know, like he was on drugs." So I'm like, "Yeah, I just didn't see no good results from it." So I just, I really didn't. Even though I knew God said He could use me, I didn't know which God. I didn't know. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what. So I just strayed away from it. And she just kept saying, "Just come, just come and come." And I come, and this prophetess is there, and she stops the sermon and she points me out in the middle of all of these people and say, "Hey, you." I'm like, "Me?" She's like, "Stand up." She's like, "Man, God wants to use you." I'm like, "Man." She's like, "No, your plans that ain't gonna work. Mm-hmm. This is what God wants you to do." This is your family. This is what's at stake. And you need to give your life to God. And from that moment, my life changed forever. I've Absolutely. never been the same. I've never done things the way I've did it before in the past. Even though I've failed to some degree to, at times, I've never fallen off track uh, for real. I've always, God has been first in my life in every aspect of it from that point forward. That was at about 21 years old. Um, I start studying this word, uh, in it during that time, I'm just, I started reading and then I started to read and I started to read more and I started to read more and I wanted to learn and engulf myself with God's love letters. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to, uh, just do things that were different. I started to honor the Sabbath day just because nobody in my church, I didn't know nobody that was honoring no Sabbath day, but it's crazy because I come home and my brother Mickey he got a book full of all these books and he, you know, we ain't got cell phones and none of that at the time. He comes home and say, Hey man, we need to start doing, we need to start uh, following God for real. And we need to start living differently. We're going to start honoring the Sabbath day. Yeah. And this ain't right. And this ain't right. And the stuff daddy was telling us with this, that's not right. And that man over there, he's like, let's read this stuff. And I'm like, wait, what? This is the same thing I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, we come home for Christmas break. We in the word, you know what I mean? So, uh, God tried to change me and my brother, even though we were away from each other, we, we started to serve God and serve God for real, for real. It wasn't like a, yeah. a funny act. It wasn't a religious thing where, you know, we are uh, just engulfed in some church and acting a certain way. We really wanted the real relationship with God. And, it, you know, even though we were thousands of miles apart from each other, God was doing something together, like a Moses and Aaron type of situation. And, um, and it changed our family and our family dynamic forever. Absolutely. Um, yes. Yeah, so, you know, it, it's when it comes to when it, when it came to that, it it came to allowing God to become the standard. Yeah. So, 
you got to realize for years, this is at 21. I didn't even make no money until probably 31. So any vision, like I can, I tell my employees now, I pull up a, a piece of paper that I had a vision. I started writing down what I believe God told me to do. Habakkuk so, 2, two chapter 2, 2 through 3. Habakkuk 2, 2 through 4. Write the vision. Two make four. it plain upon tables. Mm -hmm. So they eat it, read it, and run with it. Don't tarry. Wait for it. But it shall not tarry. It shall be right on time. You know what I mean? It's going, it's like, so I put that in my heart. I, I said, you know, let me find out what, and then James 1 and 5, which was, um, he that lack of wisdom, let him ask. Mm -hmm. So I said, God, I lack wisdom. I don't know what's meant for me. What should I do? What path do you have for me? And God started to tell me, and I started to fast, and I started to have visions, and I started to write them down. And I can show my, I used to show my employees, they be like, man, you just wrote this down the other day. I'm like, no, nah, I wrote this down 10 years ago, but I didn't have a penny. Yeah. yeah. And, and then I went to Hollywood, and uh, I created shows like The Biggest Loser. Uh, they get paid no money for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they robbing me. I left. And so it didn't seem like I can have anything. And I remember on my plane ride home from L.A., after being there off and on for almost a decade, I just was in a plane, and I was, you know, you could see houses, and I said, God, just... Just bless me with one house. Yeah. You know? And, um, you know, at one point in time, I had 13 homes. You know what I'm saying? So I'm very, very thankful for what God has done. And I know that it's God because I tried every other way to get things done and it didn't, didn't work. And so I had to wait for God's perfect timing for his solutions to my problems. And, you know, and honestly, we have a product that God has created to this day. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm just a product of God. I'm not that smart, so let's throw that out the window. I don't have no this great creative gene. God just tells me what to do, and I do it. Um, you know, and He tells me how to execute it, and then I, I'm dumb enough to follow everything that He tells me to do to the letter, and then it gets done, and it gets done the way He wants it done. And so I don't stray from the left or to the right from the other. You embody one of my favorite scriptures, which is Ecclesiastic seven and eight. 7, 8, chapter, verse 8, uh, the end of a matter is better than the beginning, and patience is better than pride. From where you started, no one could have seen where you would end. And your story is far from over, but that shows your patience. And speaking of patience, how have you, being a man of faith, navigated this aggressive, sometimes hostile business world? You know what, man? I'm going to tell you. The world of business is, is, is not for the weak. Mm -hmm. You want to do business, you want to do big business. Like I remember Jay-Z said something. He said, yeah, everybody in Boston to them invoices got to be paid out. Hey, <laughs> I felt that. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That's real. You know what I mean? Like doing things and wanting to do it the right way is so tough, but it's worth it when you endure it. Like people think, oh, you got this, you got this, you must have, you must have made it, man. We people don't realize. I opened up the life. I I was making money in real estate. So let me just. This is this is all this stuff is with God. Like with God, a lot of times you have opposition. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you know there are times where the Israelites was able to relax, but there were a lot of times that they were at war. There was a lot of times that they that they were being opposed. It's just a part of God. People think you just give your life to God and everything is peachy nope. cream like he's a nope. magician. No, you're going to go through the valley. You're going to go through. Uh, so let me tell you, what happened with me is 
I started to become a real estate guru, something that God told me at 21. I didn't even have no interest in doing it. Like, I became very good at real estate. I remember next thing you know, the police was knocking on my door talking about, uh, you under arrest. I said, man, hold on, this is crazy because I live downtown. And so the lady kept saying, this is when I'm just opened the lighthouse. I just opened the lighthouse. I got all this money from real estate. My son was just born. He just turned 10. So my son was just born. And I was like, I'm going to take two years off from doing anything just so I can be with my son every day for two years. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I ain't going to go to work. I ain't doing no real estate. I'm not doing nothing. Yeah. I got enough money to do it. You know what I'm saying? So I Derrick Rose lived downstairs. I remember Jennifer Hudson lived upstairs. You know what I'm saying? Like, as far as I'm concerned, I'm doing good. This is before I even opened yeah. any restaurant. So yeah. I just opened up the lighthouse. The moment I opened up the lighthouse, I'm in Hyde Park. Next thing, this ain't the feds or nothing like this. Is some city, some, some city prosecutors talking about financial crimes or something. I say, man, I'm just thinking to myself, like, this got to be a joke. I, it can't be real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. All of my friends, like, you know, because us being black, I know what other black people are doing in real estate. Yeah. So uh, people would assume that I would do the same thing, but I know I didn't deserve to be anyway. So I only do things God's way. I'm not yep. going to do it no other way. I'm not about to go through no weird way of doing. I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to say God. And my, my goal was I was going to cut the market. So if I can buy something for, say, um, and fix it up for $50,000, it might be worth 300000 I don't need 300000 in my mind. I'm not about to wait on that. I'm about yeah. to sell it for 100000 I'm I'm good with making, and you can go make the rest of them. I want money right now. Yeah. Quick, 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 quick. quick. That was my mindset. So I'm moving properties and moving stuff so fast because I'm selling stuff for $150,000 less than what it's worth. And it's fixed up for real. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, it's not no weird, weird stuff going on. Yeah. And so I think that they just didn't, they were seeing these transactions. They really didn't know how I was doing this without it being illegal. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Eventually, after five years of going to court, I had to, like, literally, I, my lawyers kept saying, I just don't understand this. I, they like, man, this is something off the television. Like, yeah. what is happening here? And so, uh, eventually, they're like, no, nah, let's just forget this. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and it was so funny because it really was never funny, but I never really took it serious. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, this is a joke. But yeah. I realized that, that Satan, he ain't playing. And he no. wanted me away. He wanted to destroy me. And they kept talking about, man, we love the lighthouse. And the prosecutor's like, oh, the lighthouse is really good. And I'm just like, y'all funny. <laughs> right. But, you know, coming up, it, it, like they, I realized that they were trying to set me up. This lady comes out of court and says, Eric, I don't know you, but you must be a man of God. She says, I'm, I'm fat. She said, I'm fighting some real heavy stuff. And they told me, to, they'll erase everything that, that that's against me to say that you sleep with me and you told me that you were going to rob a bank. She says, and I just looked what? at you and she said something. She said, I would have done this 10 out of 10 times. But she said, it's just something about you. God was telling me, don't do that. Mm -hmm. and she, she said, I just wanted to come tell you. And it, it was just, and again, this is with me not even taking this serious, but it just let me know, man, God is always the protector, man. God always has our back. And, and even though it was, seemed like a dark moment, it really wasn't. I was able to hone in and grow the lighthouse to what I know. Mm -hmm. I was able to write a book um, called How to Love God back at the time. I was also able to write a book called um, 
how to obtain eternal life. Yeah, how to obtain eternal life at the time. You know, so I was just sitting there and I'm at home and I'm not doing much, but I was able to be really productive in the spirit of the Lord. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, it's, it's so funny, but being a businessman and, and having patience, that, that was like my true thing of patience. Am I going to trust God through the midst of it all? Yeah. Um, also, while this is happening, not only am I paying all this money for this attorney and paying to go to court and all this kind of stuff was going on, they done uh, messed up my frozen assets with real estate and all kind of stuff was happening. I kept feeding people for free in the store. Yeah. yeah. Right. So um, I always was going to feed people for free because that's just, I don't, I know the restaurant is not mine. It's God's. And if I yeah. want to have something that, if I'm going to be a man of faith in business, I got to put faith before business. The same way I put faith before school and got all A's, I'm going to put faith before business and have a successful business. Mm -hmm. And so the model for my attorneys and, and, and my accountants were, you have to stop. You can no longer feed people free food. You don't have no more money here. You're okay. broke. Okay. With the court, you, you possibly got to go to jail for some years. You've met, wasted your savings. You've got to stop feeding people. The business has to close. We have a big old meeting, and my and, and my uh, Kiana was there, and, and and my kids, and and and, and everybody said, "Hey, you got to close." Mm -hmm. And so this day was, uh, it was somewhere in December or something like that. And they said, "Look, just close the doors December thirty first. And I said, "Well, that's like if you go any longer, you're not going to have no. You're going to be broker than broke." And so. I said, well, just, just, just give me a couple of weeks. Give me a couple more weeks. I was about to go close the thing, but then I saw Ron. He came into work and he's like at the 17 at the time. He's the one who runs the uh, the lighthouse along with Georgia and in, uh, in Hyde Park. And he's opening up the new one in, um, in Indiana right now, uh, which we'll have open next month. But he says, um, I just look at him and I say, I can't close these doors. And I said, God, one thing I know for certain is you see what I'm doing. Yeah. You see that I'm feeding these people. You see that I'm housing them. You see that I'm employing these, these people. You see what I'm doing. I said, so I'm about to trust you. If I got to go broke, let me be all the way broke before I stop doing what I believe you want me to do. Absolutely. I work about a, for a first hour full of customers, damn, they'd be homeless people, bro. Like, so, you, you know, <laughs> I, we, right. So I'm looking at all my money going up and down. But I said, you know what? I'm going to trust you. And literally, no exaggeration. Out of the blue, the business quadrupled like the next day. I don't know, like the next day, our numbers went from like seven hundred dollars a day to four thousand a day, and it ain't never stopped. You know what I'm saying? So, and I'm talking about I ain't do no new marketing. I ain't do no new. I'm trying to figure out what happened. I'm like, man, I'm on a TV somewhere. Yeah. What I mean, but the homeless people kept flooding in, but then the customers were flooding in, and I mean, mm -hmm. next thing you know, we got enough money where things is moving and things is rolling. And I owe God everything. It showed me that if you keep trusting God, no matter what, stay consistent in patience in God, wait on God, God will come through. And I mean, God ain't never late. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know, and so that's really why the lighthouse was survived. I could have easily closed the doors and said, you know what? Oh, that was a good idea, God. We did good for a second, but you know, it's over. Yeah. God said, uh, not here. We, this not this not what we're doing. Uh, and so, you know, I'm very excited about what God has done and what God is about to do with the lighthouse. Um, 
is is doing well and it's going is I believe it's going to be all over the country. Why did you why did you choose Hyde Park? I grew up in a, on 116th 12 South Morgan. I Ragtown. Ragtown and I I'm certain I probably didn't even see my first I know I didn't interact with my first white person until I was like seven or eight. Like I knew it was like many years before I even because I react, somebody talk, a white person talked to me, I was terrified and it, it was just a terrible experience. Mm-hmm. But uh, they were trying to run me over in a car and the lady, this, the girlfriend was like, no, stop, stop, stop. And then, you know, I'm like, man, what the heck? And so my auntie moved to High Park from over East. And so my daddy had to drop us off there for the summertime because he like, man, we're in the hood, just, you're going to go over to High Park and go see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so I see all these white people, Indian people, black people, <laughs> yeah. uh, Ethiopians, Jamaicans. I said, man, what is this? I've never seen nothing like this ever in my entire life. Am I still life. in Chicago? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, man, where am I? Like, what is then you walking? And I would, my, my daddy would give us $5. And I'm like, man, I got enough of KFC, but me and my brother going to walk. And so we're going to see, we walking through the man, because we had the 4850 building. Mm-hmm. I mean, so now we're moving around. So we're going to the right uh, and we're going to see all the mansions. And this is where Vision comes in. And so they're like, this is Muhammad Ali house. And yeah. the maid, I ring the doorbell. The maid, like, uh, no, he's not here today. And I'm like, would you, would you tell him that? Yeah. Nikki and America are looking for him. You know? yeah. <laughs> I wanna, I mean, we're from the hood. We see these mansions. We are in, like, in awe. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it's just, it speaks to the testament of how important vision is. But the reason why I chose High Park, so my, my cousin Kyrie, he was a High Park as well. My cousin Mike and John and all of them. But Kyrie took a special interest in into um, cooking. He was always like over his mama house. You're gonna have some fake eggs. You know, some eggs with tofu. Mm. You ain't gonna have real eggs. You know what I mean? Like you, you gonna have stuff that you ain't never had before. And so. And it was always good, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They always they fresh. I mean, Kyrie is the mayor of Hyde Park, and you know that's I was my favorite cousin. You know what I mean? And, uh, he died. You know what I'm saying? He had a heart failure, and he died. And um, and so you know, I always said to myself, if I was going to have a restaurant, I was going to make sure I honored him. Yeah. Because because he just that's what that was his world. Uh, so one day I was out praying uh, on 63rd off by the Labita by the by the uh, lake. And um, I heard God tell me Lighthouse. I didn't know what it was and didn't know what exactly it was going to do. And so me and Kiana were out at uh, Z-Berry's getting some uh, frozen yogurt one day, one day. And I'm eating and I'm eating. And I turn around and I see a Felice sign. And I tap and I say, oh, that's the Lighthouse right there. Yeah. It was on 3rd Street. And she said, what? And next thing you know, like four days later, I came home with a lease. I said, I'll put $10,000 on this lease. And we got a, a restaurant called Lighthouse. We about to open up. She said, "Boy, what are you talking about?" I said, "I don't really know what I'm talking about. Yeah. All the food that, that, that you telling us that we should eat, that you keep throwing away all the food that I think is good and cooking some stuff that's good. And my mama making all these wraps at the crib and we eat poppy seed and stuff I never had before, man. And all that stuff Kyrie used to eat, we gonna put it up in here. Yeah, there ain't no market for nothing like that. I said, no, no, no. It's Trader Joe's and Whole Foods is blowing up." So what if we was able to go get some food from Whole Foods that was cooked good? I said, that's all it's going to be. So it's like, what type of food? American? I said, it's going to be Whole Food. Yeah. We can't have a Whole Food grill. It doesn't exist. I said, I don't care. 
we gonna if I don't if we the only people that eat here, so what? I'm gonna have something that all of our family eat. We're gonna have all natural steak. We're gonna have uh all the way from your your meatless uh soy free uh, veggies, mm-hmm. uh like uh, vegetable mix crumbles. We're gonna have our pizzas that we like to have with the kids. We're gonna have our all natural chicken tenders. We're gonna have the wraps mama make for lunch. We're gonna put the albacore tuna. How she make it like chicken. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have salmon because we love salmon. We're gonna jerk it because I like jerking it, and I love my brother be coming up with jerk honey mustards and Mickey got all this stuff. So. I said, this is what we going to, you know, fried green tomatoes, throw them in there. Yeah. We, the whole, everything we bought from Trader Joe's and Whole Foods, we're going to be able to cook it, and it's going to be good. Yeah. And so my family came together. They rallied behind me, and we didn't have, no, we, none of us have ever opened a restaurant before in our life. We didn't know not one thing about it, but, you know, it ends up being one of the most successful fast casual restaurants in the entire world, uh, year after year after year. So very, very thankful. And that's what I I admire. One of the things, one of the many things that I admire is growing up in Hyde Park or just visiting Hyde Park, you see restaurants come and go. One of some of my fondest memories was the Pizza Hut attached to the Baskin Robbins. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they got rid of that. That's my child. <laughs> Let me get rid of that. But can you talk to, and I don't I don't want to say that it was gentrification, but the struggles if you had any keeping a restaurant up in Hyde Park? Oh, I had a whole lot. See, the thing is, is that the success of the lighthouse sparked, see, you gotta realize, ain't no Chipotle, nope. ain't nothing but Subway that at this point in time is game banging all over Hyde Park on 53rd Street. It ain't the 53rd Street that you see today. It used to be, but then it went through a very dark phase, and I was the only piece of light on that street. I mean, there's nothing else there that's remotely trying to help somebody. Like, I remember one kid ran into the lighthouse fending for his life, and this guy named Tristan, they was about to kill this man. They called him Timo. I brought him in, and he, I hired him. He's my manager right now at Soul Shack. Yeah, been, he's been working with me for the last seven years. But the, the, the university students were getting robbed uh, every single day for their laptop and phones. Uh, it's a high park at this point was a, was not what you, nowhere near what you know. Yeah. And so the university and people, the realtors from the university would come in and they would look at the success of our stores and they would try to go and put me out of business. So uh, you would think at one point they would say, hey, let's help this young man. This man is helping us. I got people on camera that'll tell you, oh, I used to rob the people at the university every day, but you feed us for free. We ain't got to do that no more. You yeah. gave me a job. I don't need to do that no more. You know what I'm saying? You would have thought they would have came and said, hey, let me help you. Let me put you into, let me get you a lighthouse division in campus. And let's, they would say, nope. What type of food is he serving? That's similar to Chipotle. Let's get them there. What type of stuff are they serving here? Let's 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 get that similar to that. I, my cousin was literally in the meeting. They didn't know that he was a part of the real estate board. They brought up my store and Z-Berries and said, what's the comparables to them stores? Let's put them out of business. Um, <laughs> and, and, and literally, so then there's the next thing, rent. I'm paying a good amount of rent anyway to yeah. be in Hyde Park. But now, based upon the success of my store, we've created a different environment. The landlord says, Eric, the lease is up, but I'm not going to go up a lot on your rent, maybe $100, $200. Now, at this point in time, the HVA system has just completely went out. 
So I could spend $15,000 on a new one. And I wanted to say, hey, before I put this money up, what do you want me to do? Yeah. You know, he comes in, I fix the stuff. He makes the agreement. I shake hands with him. He brings me the paperwork about a week later and the rent is like $7,000 a month more. And I said, what is this? Yeah. He said, well, I did a little research. He says, if your burrito is worth $10, you're not going to sell it to me for $7, would you? He says, so this is the ongoing price. Either you want it. I said, well, let's negotiate. This man cussed me out for asking him to negotiate. And said, man, I want you out of my store immediately. Um, and I said, man, this was an a, a all-state building. Like, this was an insurance place. I turned yeah. it into a restaurant for you. Yeah, I've done your business a great service. Look at what I'm doing in this community. At this point in time, I'm at 150,000 people I've served in the community. At this point in time, like for free. At this point in time, I didn't already housed over 12 people in my my houses uh, that I had all throughout the city that's homeless. I said, look, the homeless people ain't here no more. Like, you, you want to know where they went? I housed them. They work here now. Like, I'm good for your community. Like, he said, man, I don't care nothing about that. I want you to, either you're going to pay me this $9,000 a month or you're going to get up out of there. I said, there's no way I can afford that. Yeah. And so I found a new lease. And, um, you know, I'm trying to get back. I'm about to get back to 53rd Street. So what I did is I got I got that lease. And then, you know, I, I like to really thank this guy named Peter Castle uh, with Mac Properties because this man really has helped me because he's seen what, the, what I've been able to do. And he's backed me over and over and over again. He let me put the soul shack. He let me pick, can't believe it's not me, uh, mm -hmm. right on 53rd Street. Um, and I'm about to get back on 53rd Street with Lighthouse and Mickey's Combo. Um, as soon as the spot opens up, I'm gonna get right back on 53rd Street because I, I like 55th and we're doing record numbers on 55th Street. It's just something about 53rd Street that I built. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was named the 53rd Street. Uh, the new 53rd Street is built off of my back. Yeah. And, um, in the back of, of my, my, my family and, 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 and what we've been able to contribute to High Park. And, um, you know, and, and I need to be back home uh, with all my restaurants, you know what I'm saying? And so I want to have, can't believe it's not me, Mickey's, uh, Soul Shack, and uh, Lighthouse uh, back on 53rd Street where we belong. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, I also got like a club I'm, I'm opening up on 51st Street. Um, it's in the works right now, right across from Kenwood. Mm -hmm. which is free parking and uh you know some bars and some little hangout spot where we have a little good time you know after hours type spot really high-end dinner type thing and then a club so uh that'd be coming soon too but you know i like to thank peter publicly for helping me because you need help i'm a young black man i didn't have no credit i didn't have no you know nothing I, you know somebody had to believe in me and uh you know the guy who who started me off craig Yale, he definitely believed in me to open up the lighthouse and Peter took the vision and he's been able to accelerate that vision and allow me to keep creating sustainable business since that people can see black people own. You know, absolutely. Fabricia owns, can't believe it's not me. I'm just a you know low end, low end partner on that. But you know, I created the other things from the top of my head, Soul Shack. I created um, you know, Mickey's and Lighthouse, and he was able to give me a home for my visions, and I'm very thankful for that. That was a great story, man. That was I didn't know any of that. <laughs> That was a good story. So what caught, what led you before the pandemic happened um, in 2016, you started doing 30 seconds with God. Was that before you started doing the Bible study at the lighthouse or was that after? 
No, we we we've been we were doing Bible study in the lighthouse since we opened. I mean, okay. yeah, we've been doing ministry at the lighthouse since we opened our doors. Um, okay. And we do it in different forms. It's not just coming in for Bible study. We was doing poetry night. We was letting people um, doing making a beats and, and displaying them and mm-hmm. people rapping to them and you know artistry. You know, because at the end of the day, people need a place to express themselves. Absolutely. You know, I, and I say a little few small words. But the ministry within itself is, hey, y'all, we here. It ain't no violence. It's, it's 150 people in this little small space. And there's another 100 people outside trying to get in here. And guess what? God's all over it. You at the lighthouse. We ain't serving no food. We ain't got nothing, nothing to drink. And everybody's in here having the time of their entire life. Um, and, and God provided this space. You know, so you know, it's, it's other ways of ministry that goes on. So we've been doing, doing stuff. 30 seconds with God just sparked by me trying to get God's word out more. Okay. You know, when I get when when times get darker for me, I try to I try to uh I try to do as much ministry as I can. You know, it's the line that Kanye says, which is it's crazy, but it sets the mindset for a lot of things I've done. He says, I made Jesus walk so I'm never going to hell. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like how untrue it might be when we get to a, a, a park yeah. like man i need to i need some more seeds in the ground yeah what can i do to create more seeds i mean to put more seeds to create more flowers that can grow more word mm-hmm. that can grow more people that look like you god what can i do and that was just an extension to me saying you know what can i do god what can i i mean i know I can talk to you about anything in the Bible, like the back of my hand. I've been studying it. I'm a theologian. And it's like, I need other outlets to get God's word out to God's people. Um, Instead of me just sitting here and knowing everything, it's not doing me no good. I want to get the word out. So 30 seconds with God is just sparked off. Hey, guys, let me tell you a little bit about the God I serve. Let me tell you about the word of God, God's love letters that you need to know about. Did you know? You know what I'm saying? Type of thing. And, uh, you know. They're good. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Do you um, do you stop and record? Cause I, some of the beginning ones, you would laugh, and then the video would like come down. <laughs> look, I, I don't know if somebody can help me with this. Instagram just changed Instagram. So, did. like, I was able to just press the button, mm-hmm. stop. I'm like, yo, welcome thirty seconds. God is there, going in. Stop. Mm-hmm. Hey, y'all remember about the time of Noah? You know what I mean? This and the third. Stop. I turned to another angle, and then God was, you know, so I'm just. Doing this, yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. with my thumb. So I don't know how to do that no more. I'm like, what, what happened? Y'all messed up the magic of my videos. You know what I mean? Look, <laughs> you know what I mean? Come in from this angle. Come in from that angle. Come in yeah. from this angle. Yeah. And it's just just talking about the goodness and the glory of God, man, and and pointing out different stories of God and saying, hey, you know, just like you know your beard. I started talking to man. Did you know God? Uh, for identification purpose, told people not to cut their beards. He wanted the Israelites to be known. You walked in the place, they wanted you to know this is what the Israelite is. This yeah. is who he looks like. Uh, yeah. And you're going to be separated by a few different things and the growing out of beard was one of them. Yeah. And so, you know, like me just getting any word out there, man, concerning the word of God is beneficial. So, you know, I always did it and I'm always continue to do it because I just love God. I love God's people for real, man. I really do. No, it's Again, I keep saying that how much I admire that is because you not it's not just gimmicky. It's literally, no, nah, this is what I'm about. 
yeah, y'all can align yourself with that person or that. I'm going to stay true to what I want. And I really respect that you respect the Sabbath day for your restaurants. Where you met some, I will tell you this though, there are some nights when I'm riding down Stony, I'm like, man, I wish Rico, I wish Nikki's was open, man. But, <laughs> but I get it. <laughs> yeah. I get it. No, you know what? It, it, here's his thing it's principle over pay, right? Principle over pay. Yeah, and, and that's what it's all about. You got to have more principle than you want to get paid. And because if you create principle, then God is going to say, hey, I honor your principle. And God is the multiplier. Whether you know it or not, you are a tool used by God to move God's platform, to move God's businesses in other directions. That's what, and so God can do that. Mm -hmm. Nobody is more powerful than God. So if I use the principles of God over anything else, I've seen it. I've seen why I was about to close and then next thing you know, my business quadrupled. I saw that. You can't tell me God don't work. It was something my granddaddy did. My granddaddy gave me some money. I went to church one day and they said tithe. And you test God, see if, he go, see if it works. I put my money in there. The day after, my grandmama come and say, hey, he go a check and gave me seven times that amount. I said, oh, if I'm going to put my, my money on anybody, I'm going to put it on God. Mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I, and here's the other thing. One day I was in Tennessee. I was in Bible college. And I was at some camp and I was, I went outside and this is when I first was getting into the word and I'm out there and I'm praying and I can like out there, you can see the stars is super clear. It's just beautiful. And then, um, I heard, uh, I think, what is it? Um, hold on. I'm about to tell you exactly what, 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 what happened. Let me tell you, cause I don't want to lie about it. I want to be extremely accurate. Hold on. Gotcha. Second. Hold on. It's in numbers. Um, I just want to tell you exactly what it is. Uh, yep. God said numbers 23 and 19, right? And so I'm thinking that somebody's talking to me and they say numbers 23 and 19. I turn around and like, I'm like, well, who just said that? So I'm looking like, man, this, somebody just tell me that. Yeah. I don't know what numbers 23 and 19 is. I never heard of it before in my life as far as I'm concerned. So I'm like, man, who said that? I'm like, God, did you just... You got to tell me that. So I go run back to the dorm room. I go take my Bible. I'm happy to see a book called Numbers. And then I was happy to see a chapter 23. And I read verse 19. And he says, I am God and I am not a man that I shall lie. That's what I he said, said. Man. I said, wait, so God tells the truth. So one thing God said about the Sabbath, he said was, he says, if you honor the Sabbath day, I'm going to cause you to eat upon the high places of the earth and feed off the heritage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I, the Lord, have sworn it unto you. I said, wow. This means that much to you? Yeah. At the beginning of the time, before there was a Jew, before there was a Greek, the Sabbath, he said, man, I'm going to rest on the Sabbath day. During the time of Moses, the people came in, he said, hey, man, are you going to honor my Sabbath day or not? During the time of Jesus, he always honored the Sabbath day. They doubted him and said, man, are you honoring the Sabbath? He said, man, look, I'm showing you how to really honor the Sabbath day. Then during the times of the apostles, after they didn't spend 40 days and 40 nights and three and a half years, 40 days and 40 nights after the resurrection of Christ, they still honored the Sabbath day. Paul taught all his people on the Sabbath day. When Christ comes back in the book of Revelations, he says the honor of the Sabbath day still exists. 
I said, if this means that much to you, God, let me give you my Sabbath day. Mm. Let me honor you. And guess what? Since this restaurant is yours, you can have that too. Yeah. And I'm trying to tell you, people used to fight, bang on the window, cuss me out, throw food. People would tell you, you ever go talk to Tristan? Ask him what used to happen when we closed on Friday night. And, mm-hmm. and so go ask Ron the type of cussing out we're going to receive. Your business ain't going to survive. You ain't going to do this. Man, we got about nine, ten restaurants now. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't tell me no other way. I'm going to do whatever God way say. And if I, if I got a partner that don't want to do it that way, I tell them, hey, you know what? I can help you create your own stuff. God bless you. But you ain't going to use my brands and do it your way. And the thing is, too, if you go out to Oakland, Evergreen, those stores are closed on Sunday. Oh, and, they, awesome. and, and they've been there since for like 20, 30 years. Back when I was a kid, all the stores were closed on Sunday. Yeah. You weren't going to Zia. You weren't going to none of that. Sunday, it was over, bro. It was over. You know what I'm saying? And so we did, I, I looked up, I, you know, I did some studying, and I said, hey, this is how God, this is the last day of the week, the last day of the week starts Friday night and ends Saturday uh, during the daytime. So I'm going to do it the way God said it. And I know Chick-fil-A does it on Sunday because that's, you know, the new, uh, the more, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Constantino or Constantinople, whatever you say. Yeah. That's the habit that they created. But at the end of the day, I would say, I'm going to just do it God's way. I'm going to roll the dice and I'm going to see what happens. And after getting kicked out, after getting screamed on, I say, and all my friends that do it the other way, I say, oh, now y'all closing on Monday, right? I say, why? I said, his business don't allow you to stay open on Monday. I said, but my Monday is good. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. My Tuesday is good. I started, I got a line of people standing outside all my restaurants on Saturday. But, you know, no look, you can't believe it's not me. You see how many people standing outside before the, the opening of the Sabbath day. You know what I'm saying? In anticipation to open. Many people on Friday buy meals twice. So my numbers don't even go down, neither one of the days. So I say, hey, man, just roll the dice with God, man. He, he ain't, ain't going to lie. He's going to bless you. Just do it God's way. Yeah, so, yeah, my brother, man, I can go on and on and on about it, but the Sabbath is extremely important. Absolutely. Um, I I will ask you this last question, and yeah. it doesn't have to be the last. We're going to keep, keep having this conversation because I'm truly enjoying it. Um, you've mentioned all this stuff, but what does success look like for you? Man, I'm going to tell you something, bro. I've been feeling, and I'm going to tell you, I've had some of my most successful moments over the past two years. Okay. Um, honestly, I'm reaching, like, this year alone, like, between 21 and 22, I probably will reach a billion dollars through the things I have in my hands. But I haven't felt successful because the things in my home have been messed up. Like, my kids, I got four children. They're the most important things in the world to me. You know what I'm saying? Me and my wife, had decided she wanted to, we wanted to get a divorce. Things just wasn't working out. It's like, for a man of God, it's just hard to accept this. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to keep it 100 with you. Like, dealing with an improper home, having things wrong in a home, it's, 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 it's no good for me. I don't like it. I, I'm never a man that wanted to, I never said I want to deal with divorce and I never was doing things that should accompany divorce. You know, like, it's just, I don't know what happened, man. Like, um, 
marriage to me was so important. And so, you know, on one end, things are great. You know what I'm saying? Like things are going great. But on the other end, it's like, I, I didn't know God's plan concerning these things. And I, I'm in a not, I'm, I'm in, I don't know. And I'm like, God, I need wisdom and I need understanding. I need you to come see me and talk to me and help me with this the same way you help me with business. I don't know what to do. Um, because all I wanted to have was a family that was in representation of God and a household that was in representation of God at all times. And for whatever reasons, you know, I just haven't been able to have that. Um, I'm happy my brother does, you know what I'm saying? And But it's it's been really tough for me to, like I've been living away from my kids for like two years. I'm, of course, I got the chance to be with them all the time. Yeah. But that's just nothing I asked for, wanted, or whatever, wanted. I, I, I hate it. I ain't lots of Like, so success for me is to find peace in whatever's going on here. You know what I'm okay. saying? Whatever God got going on. Uh, and, and they may be just, you know what? I mean, that, which it seems, it really, I mean, the writing's on the wall. It just seems that chapter is moved on, but it's a way to finalize peace and have enjoyment with between uh, my ex-wife and the kids and, uh, and, and any new things I got going on in life. I, I want to find balance and peace in it because at the end of the day, that's what success really means to me. But I can look at my kids and I see that they're happy. If my yeah. kids ain't happy, whatever my offspring ain't happy, there's no way I can be successful. If 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 my mate ain't happy, there's no way I can really be successful. You know, and you know, even my children's mother, you know what I'm saying? I gotta I gotta make sure she's happy and and has the things that she wants out of life. Um and, and when she's happy and say, hey, you know what, things didn't work out between me and you, but I love you and I'm thank God and I'm happy now and this is what's going on. Man, that's that equals, you know what? I feel good about that. I will feel good about that. Like, and right now it's just, we're going through the, going through that type of stuff. And this, I, I just, just, you know, of course I don't even speak, like I don't speak publicly anyway, but I'm pretty much an open book, but I, I don't, yeah. I don't like, it, you know what I'm saying? No, for like, sure. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just wish that, um, I wouldn't wish that on anybody, but you know, uh, separation at times is, is something that happens and, you know, it is what it is, but I'm going to make sure that I, uh, I'm I'm being the best man that I possibly could be during through it all and the mistakes I've have have made uh, to correct them and try to become better. I'm um, constantly going to therapy and things of that magnitude now just to make sure that you know mentally everything is moving in the right realm because it'd be like man like I need you know I want everything to be successful yeah all things you know what I'm saying and uh, you know and at the end of the day you know. Satan always rears his ugly head, and sometimes God does remove certain things and certain things start over again with certain things. So I'm not opposed to God's plan, as rough as it may seem, or as which is not really rough to be honest with you. It's just different, and it's yeah. just something that I'm dealing with. So you know, but that's what success looks like to me is is looking at my children and looking at myself, looking at the people I'm responsible for, and we happy. You know, okay. what I mean, looking at my mom and she's happy. And, looking at them and knowing that we on the right track and in the face of God and doing what God's will is in our life. You know what I mean? You know, God, people think that everything is real black and white with God. It's not. When you look at the word of God, it's some, this, it's a little, this, it's a little little back though. Mm -hmm. God is a phenomenal storyteller. He's a phenomenal uh, director. 
And you know, and when I just subscribe to be being playing the role of my life as Clay, the the Potter will do what he wants to with me, and I and 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 I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it. Were you hitting us with the good? <laughs> okay, that that was deep, man. Um, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing those stories, man. Um, I truly appreciate it. Um, you are one of those people that when you think of Chicago, you think about High Park. And honestly, like when people say, oh, I'm from the South Side. No, I name the neighborhood. When you think of High Park, your name is right there. I know when Obama won, he had meals at Veloy's and whatnot. No, Rico, Eric, th this is Eric's meal right here. You, you mean more to me. No offense to him, but you need more to me than than Obama has. Uh, thank you. Uh, that's for another episode of Homegrown the Series. I'm your host, Emmanuel Davis. I hope you took something out of this because I definitely, definitely did. Thanks for watching.